Gilpin. Here. Vice President Willie Adams. Here. Commissioner Gail Gilman. Present. Commissioner Stephen Lee. Here. Commissioner Ed Harrington is absent today. The San Francisco Court Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatushaloni, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatushaloni have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. We recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatushaloni community, and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Item two is approval of minutes for the December 12, 2023 Port Commission meeting. So moved. Second. We have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion passes unanimously. The minutes of the December 12, 2023 meeting are adopted. Item three is public comment on executive session. We will take place on, take public comment on items not listed on the agenda. Is there any public comment in the room? If not, Lucinda, do we have anyone on the phone? For callers on the line, please dial star three if you wish to make a public comment. The system will let you know when your line is open. Others will wait on mute until their line is open. Comments will be limited to three minutes per person. The queue is now open. Please dial star three if you wish to make public comment. There are no callers for public comment at this time. Thank you. Public comment is closed. Next item, please. Item four is executive session, and there are two executive session items, conferences with legal counsel and real property negotiator as agendized. Motion to go into executive session. Second. We have a motion and a second. All in favor? <coughs> Aye. 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 Motion passes unanimously. We are now in closed session.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
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 that we talked about in closed session. Second. We have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Motion passes unanimously. We are now in open session. Item six is the Pledge of Allegiance. Item 7 is announcements. Please be advised that the ringing of and use of cell phones and similar sound producing electronic devices are prohibited at this meeting. A member of the public has up to three minutes to make public comments on each agenda item unless the Port Commission adopts a shorter period on any item. Public comment must be in respect to the current agenda item. The Commission will take in-person and remote public comments on each item, beginning with commenters in person. For remote public comment, dial 1-415-655-0001. And enter access code 2663-453-8406, pound, pound. Then dial star 3 to raise your hand to comment on the item being discussed. An audio prompt will signal when it is your turn to speak. If you are watching this meeting on SFGov TV, there is a short broadcasting delay. To not miss your chance to comment, please dial when the item you want to comment on is announced. Mute your device and listen to the meeting from the telephone which has no delay. Item eight is public comment on items not listed on the agenda. We will now take public comment on items not listed on the agenda. Is there any public comment in the room? If not, Lucinda, do we have anyone on the phone? There are no callers for public comment at this time. Thank you, public comment is closed. Next item, please. Item 9A is the election of Port Commission President and Vice President. Thank you. I call for nominations for the Port Commission President. I would like to nominate Kimberly Brandon for Port President. Are there any other nominations? Hearing no other nominations, nominations are now closed. Do we need a second? Second. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was getting ready to do, right? I'm getting ready to second it, yeah. Okay, we will now take public comment on uh, commission president nominations. Is there any public comment in the room? Yes, there is one caller for public comment. Opening the first line now. Okay. Hello caller, you are on the line. Hi, sorry, I'm not commenting on this session. I misunderstood the instructions for public comment. I'll, I'll do it again later. Okay, so is there any public comment in the room? Seeing none, is there anyone else on the phone? There are no callers for public comment at this time. Thank you, public comment is closed. Uh, so we have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Ooh, any opposed? <laughs> the motion passes. Thank you so much. I look forward to continuing the work that we're doing with our staff, with our phenomenal commission, and all that we have going on this year. So thank you for uh, continuing to support me. Thank you. Okay. 
I now call for nominations for Port Vice President. I nominate Gail Gilman. Are there any other nominations? Hearing no other nominations, we will now take public comment on Commission Vice President. Is there any public comment in the room? Lucinda, do we have anyone on the phone? There are no callers for public comment at this time. Thank you. Public comment is closed. I second that motion. Oh, you second. <laughs> we all second, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay, on the nomination of Gail Gilman for Commission Vice President. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Congratulations. Thank you. Yay. So I just want to really thank my fellow commissioners, and I really want to thank Commissioner Brandon and Commissioner Adams. For the last five and a half years, I've gotten to watch your leadership on this commission in various roles, and I've learned so much from each of you, particularly your leadership style, um, how you've navigated tricky situations, how you've always listened to the staff and the public and done what's in the best interest of the port and the public trust. I will live up to those values, and thank you so much. Look forward to working with everyone. Thank you, and I, too, want to thank Commissioner Adams, who has been extremely supportive over the last, how many years did you say you've been here? 12? Yeah. Over the last 12 years, he, he has done so much to push the port forward, especially on an international and national level and bringing lots of resources and attention to San Francisco and the waterfront. So really want to thank you for your leadership and all that you've done. I know you're not going anywhere and I know you're yeah. still going to continue, but I just want you to know um, how much we appreciate you. Yes. Commissioner Brandon, I want to thank you for your steady leadership, and I know we got a tough year ahead of us, and with Vice President Gilman, I know that the port is uh, in good hands, and I also believe that these jobs up here, at times you need a different set of eyes, it should rotate, you need different people, and, and I'm glad now that with uh, President Brandon and Vice President Gilman, it's a new look and a new energy, and I look forward to them taking us in the future, and I look forward to working under you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, <clears throat> here's to 2024. <laughs> we're, we're going in the right direction. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Next item, please. Item 9B is the Executive Director's Report, and for callers who wish to make public comments on this item, please dial star 3 to raise your hand to comment. Good afternoon, President Brandon, Vice President Gilman, members of the Commission, members of the public and Port staff. I am Elaine Forbes, the Port's Executive Director. First, everyone welcome to the first Port Commission meeting of the year. Happy 2024. I would like to congratulate our leadership. Uh, that was elected today, President Brandon. I'm very excited to continue to serve under your leadership. We do have a hard year ahead, uh, but we also have a very exciting one, and we've paved the way through much work, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your dedication, devotion, preparedness, uh, grit, uh, and support of all we do here. So excited to serve. Uh, Commissioner Gilman, congratulations and welcome as our Vice President. We're very excited. You've put lots of time into this organization with um, great ideas, uh, interest, uh, analysis, great questions, great energy as uh, 
former VP Adams said, and so we're very excited to serve. And finally, uh, to outgoing Vice President Adams, uh, you have served as either president or vice president to me the entire time. I've been the port director here for seven years. I want to thank you so much for your early mentorship of me, uh, for showing me around about ports, explaining what I was getting into, telling me who to call, what relationships to have, bringing important people here so we would get on that international map, national map. You've done so much for this organization and you've done so much for me as a leader. I cannot say thank you enough, and I'm excited, of course, you're still port commissioner, but I wanted to say thank you for that time. Okay, <clears throat> I'd like to talk about Kayaks Unlimited and give a very good update. As you know, uh, they're a Bayview nonprofit. They operate a, a cooperative paddling club, and they've been serving the community now for 14 years. On August 25th, last year, there was a terrible fire uh, that destroyed the boat uh, storage containers. Very happily, Pesha Automotive, Pesha Hawaii, a sister company to Pesha Automotive, donated two large containers. And we were able to remove the burned out ones and put the new containers in. So we we're really happy to have a positive impact to our tenant. And they are up and running. Uh, now I'd like to move to a presentation that I'll give right from here, if I could move to the slides. So you'll remember at the December meeting, I gave a look back, really taking uh, into stock what we'd accomplished last year. Uh, so we could have a look at how we were doing implementing the strategic plan and also think about areas where we need to pay more attention. Uh, today, I'm going to look at uh, describe where we want to be this year, what we want to accomplish this year. And these uh, goals and objectives come right from the leadership team and from port staff. So I'm representing their work proudly today. Uh, but I'd like you and the public to have a sense of what we're trying to accomplish and where we're going to be putting our focus. And so now if I could move to the next slide. OK. So. I did want to tell you that you will be hearing more about the specifics of these initiatives today in the economic recovery update, that's 11A item, and also, importantly, in your budget presentation, because some of what I'll be talking about here you'll see as resource allocations in the budget. Um, so first and foremost, we want to continue our strategy of clean, safe, and vibrant. We believe that it has been of utmost importance to keep the port looking and feeling safe and clean and inviting people to it. We think we've been very successful last year. We had some of the cleanest, most uh, welcoming public places in the city uh, that we maintained. Um, but we want to invest even more heavily in this area. Uh, we would like uh, to invest in security, uh, more security, so kind of pushing on the safe side of the clean and safe. We're moving to four officers in our waterfront. They have great relationships with our tenants. These are de dedicated officers, and it really helps our visitors stay safe. <clears throat> we also will be having cameras that, were tar that are in targeted locations that connect directly to our 911 system. On clean, uh, we will be doing again what we did last year, but with new strategies of hiring people and providing enhanced evening and weekends repair and maintenance for the entire waterfront. And we are going to be using public servants to provide our security and to provide our clean 
uh, clean and safe work uh, because this last year we found that our employees were the best employees to do the work. Uh, so that's what we're going to be recommending. We have been on the forefront of economic recovery. Uh, we've done really well in terms of taking our ARPA funds and targeting our staff to the important economic uh, recovery efforts. And our bounce back has been really impactful to the city's bounce back. So we're not just doing it for ourselves, but our entire community. Um, and we're going to continue to make really bold investments so that, so that the port continues to be just a great, great place to be. So um, we will be investing in the wharf, and we will be investing in port-wide programs and wayfinding. Um, we put an economic recovery plan together last year. And this year, we get to implement that economic recovery plan. So again, in 11A, you'll be hearing much more about this. But this is going to focus tremendous efforts on the southern waterfront and on Fisherman's Wharf. The southern waterfront deserves more focus because it's an area where we have opportunity to grow our maritime business and with really face forward-facing businesses such as offshore wind. And this is where we have an opportunity to create very, very good jobs that and give the economy the diversity it needs. So investment in the southern waterfront is critical here, and we plan to focus and make a lot of accomplishments in this area. The southern waterfront is also a jewel in our necklace of public places, but we haven't given it enough attention. So here this year, our port staff plan to turn this around. We will also have upgraded maritime operations, um, and we will be talking about some improvements there uh, for the southern waterfront. So we um, will be working on operations for our materials businesses while also making air quality improvements this year. We have a lot, a large portfolio of capital projects that we are going to need to get going. We're extremely lucky that we've gotten federal and state funding, but now we have the hard job of delivering the projects. Our team is looking at the entire resource chain in our organization that we need uh, to see these projects through. And we are continuing to have a strategy of assessing our facility conditions and what we need to do for these facilities so we can be ready to apply for grants. Um, this year, we'll see Amador Street project going. And this, of course, will be an important improvement to the community. We will be developing grants in support of the Southern Waterfront for resilience planning, for evaluating our infrastructure, for doing the legwork we need to one day get to a zero emissions truck fleet for our industrial operations, which is so critical to achieve. And importantly, we're going to be looking at Pier 80 as a cruise berth. Our cruise business has grown, grown bigger than we, <laughs> than we have facilities to accomplish. And we want to look at good locations for full turns and make sure that we have durable facilities. Pier 35 is not forever. And it's not a modern facility that's large enough to meet the demands of today. In addition to expanding these maritime operations, we're actively looking to beautify our spaces with things like the Portola Music Festival, Sail GP, the Crane Cove Park Market, the Plan Park Enhancements. And we are now dedicating a staffer to 
looking at cleanliness and tenant compliance in the southern waterfront, full-time dedication. For Fisherman's Wharf, Fisherman's Wharf is a very important historic location and we aim to make it a symbol of our revitalization. We did a lot of work in 2023 to make sure that the Fisherman's Wharf did not suffer and become uh, derelict after the COVID pandemic. And we at, uh, did so much groundwork that we feel very confident in what we'll achieve this year. Of course, just to reflect, we have the SkyStar Ferris wheel. Uh, our CBD is having its grant and doing events and beautification for us. And we've done little Embarcadero activations. The wharf has remained a great public place through this process, but it didn't happen by accident. In 24, we are going to focus more on clean and safe, an ambassador program partnering with maintenance and security teams. Off the boat fish sales has been an excellent program and we wanna to continue to see it successful with signage and um, promotions, et cetera. It really will be a lasting program here in San Francisco, I'm quite certain. Crab season is open now, so we'll continue to see improvements. Uh, we have a project supporting High Street Harbor, our commercial fishing industry are scheduled to proceed through design. Uh, these capital projects will repair the fuel dock, replace the aging ice machine, and install a new dock at J9. So these are all important maritime improvements uh, to support the wharf. Additionally, we've instituted, we've reinstituted the Fisherman's Wharf Advisory Committee, an important voice uh, for, for stakeholders in Fisherman's Wharf to engage with our staff as we work through these projects. For waterfront leasing, you just received the financial statement. Uh, you know that our revenues are recovering faster than expected. And this is because of our leasing and our leasing teams. They owe us, we owe them a huge debt of gratitude. Uh, the real estate development division supports, um, is gonna support existing tenants as they've done, but really also bring in the new tenants we need. We have our several vacancies and you know they're out for brokered managed solicitation and our team is managing that process. We do expect success from this process and we hope to have filled Pier 33 and a half, the old butterfly space and the Ferry Plaza East building. Uh, getting new tenancies and offerings in the wharf and throughout the, the port's portfolio is very important to us. For development projects, we continue to see a waterfront renaissance from these projects. We are getting, our projects are getting pre-development projects where few others are. We're able to do building where few others are. And this is our fortunate public-private partnerships that are so carefully crafted and the majestic waterfront we manage. We'll have Piers 3032 on the agenda today for term sheet. This project has um, exceeded expectations in terms of what we may accomplish here and we continue uh, to uh, work diligently towards its success. We will also be working with Piers 38 and 40, wonderful locations uh, that offer so much opportunity for the waterfront and for Pier 45 and the Triangle Lot for Fisherman's Wharf Revitalized. These are three transformative potential projects uh, that we will be engaging in and seeing through success this year. 
We will also being we will also oversee over ten million dollars in construction um, between our CalSTA and PIDP, ARPA, resilience money, and our own capital. Heronsed Park, Islas Creek signage, the Beltlight Building, Roundhouse Two, Hyde Street Harbor, and many more. This will be a year where your staff um, does well and executes on these big pro these big construction projects. I have exciting news for our Pier 70 development. Um, sorry. We were awarded the 2023 Governor's Historic Preservation Award for the rehabilitation of 20th Street Historic Buildings. And we know that when we go into those buildings, just how wonderful they are. So congratulations to everyone. Real estate and development will also be pursuing a number of internal improvements to bolster transparency for the port's leasing and special events permitting, improve technology tools for information sharing within and outside the division, and maximize the effectiveness of the collections process. Now that paragraph may have seen banal, but these are very important improvements to really push us forward. And Commissioner Lee, you've been front and center on pointing out some of these um, challenges we have working a modern leasing program on very, very antiquated technology. I'm also excited to bring in um, our new real estate and development director, Scott Lancetel. Uh, he began yesterday. He has a wealth of expertise in strategic office leasing and development um, with leadership positions for two decades with premier um, companies like Boston Property and Jamestown, which gives him direct experience for our waterfront. And we're all very excited to have him join leadership and to get his perspective and expertise and contribution. And of course, we will continue to work on Mission Rock and Pier 70, uh, which have seen success, but we are all in the middle stages of both of these projects. So uh, we will see some improve, we will see progress this year at both sites. On resilience, this will be a very significant year for the resilience program. Um, you're gonna see the draft flood study next commission hearing. This is six years of work that has come to the point where the Army Corps of Engineers and our team is showing us how to build flood defenses for the entire seven and a half miles of waterfront. Um, where, how high, and how much space to adapt. This is an incredible step on our journey for a resilient shoreline. Uh, and we will be working with the publication of this plan, uh, public comment on this plan, modifications, et cetera. We will also be working on a concept of phasing and an implementation strategy of how to, uh, how to deliver these important projects over the span of decades. Uh, so that will be a very interesting process for us all. We continue to be way out front on sea level rise. And we'll have another year of exploration and advancement um, as, we, as we take on this role of leaders in this space. Um, we will also be implementing our early projects, our safety program from our Prop A bond, um, 84 point some percent of the vote saying yet voters saying yes to reducing our seismic risk on this waterfront. We will see the first Prop A project go in this year, all if all goes according to plan, um, and we will continue to push forward on construction projects that will make our waterfront safer. Um, we will also be 
working on our ferry building, uh, doing seismic analysis of the building and paving the way one day to lift the building and have a, mo a new design uh, for the public uh, that welcomes the public in the way the building uh, is befitting the building and the location. Uh, so we will be advancing that work and reporting to you as we move along. I see this as us paving the future for the project. Uh, so we'll make the important steps to do so. On equity, we are continuing an internal and external opportunities. Uh, we are focusing on youth and youth opportunities in our organization uh, through programs we have set up, Rising Tides and a mentorship program. We also are going to continue our pop-up pop-ups on the plaza uh, to support African-American-owned businesses at the ferry buildings markets uh, throughout the year. We um, have been working on our REAP 2.0 update. Um, and so staff has been really seeing how did we do with our implementation and what impact did it have and what do we want to accomplish this year. And I just want to say how dedicated the team is in all of the divisions to doing this work and have everyone has good assignments, folks that really, you know, take, uh, put a lot of energy and optimism into the work. And I'm Really, you know, I get updated by the divisions, and it's it's just really impressive. And I look forward to you seeing REAP 2.0 and the work that we plan to do uh, to continue to advance a anti-racist organization. Uh, staff has asked us to focus on the areas of psychological safety, data, and hiring and promotions this year. So for, for psychological safety, um, this is ways in which to um, allow and support people in having difficult conversations and getting through those conversations into a, peer, into a place where there's growth and continued community. Um, so we are working hard on that. We had a very good racial equity training, and this year we're going to do a gender bias training. Um, it's one of the tools in fostering our culture of inclusion and belonging. Um, but Tony Autry will continue to think of programming to support psychological safety as we go deeper into this work. In terms of data, uh, we're looking to data to understand what are our pay scale and promotive opportunities in our organization by race and gender. And once we have the good data to understand those things, we want programming and efforts, intentional efforts to change any disparities that we see um, and to do things like you'll see in the maintenance division budget where I'm proposing adding manager positions, supervisor position, team lead positions throughout the organization so there's more ladders in which to promote. Uh, there's always been more ladders to promote in certain classifications than in other classifications. And we want to see this clearly and address it clearly, and then have the transparency to talk with you and our staff and whomever wants to talk about it, about how we're doing. Um, so the data goes with the transparency. There's also a call for more equity, more diversity in leadership. Um, and that will continue to be a, an endeavor. For promotion and hiring, I jumped the gun on maintenance. <laughs> um, 
that's the, the strategy in order to create more promotional ladders. Uh, I think this is very, very important uh, to our success, and I'm hoping you'll support me in the budget. I made it mostly cost neutral, uh, so you'll see the, the proposal. Um, but I think that is extremely important. We're also working with our engineering division. They're going through a leadership change. Um, so we're looking at ways in which um, to develop support, uh, transparency, collaboration from the great work that the engineering team does and needs to do this year. You've heard me so far talk a lot about what engineering has to do in project delivery. Um, so we want to support the team for the very, very, very vital role that they play. And with that, uh, that concludes my update. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great report. Um, we will now open it up to public comment. Is there any public comment in the room regarding the executive director's report? Seeing none, Lucinda, do we have anyone on the phone? There are no callers for public comment at this time. Thank you. Public comment is closed. Commissioner Lee. Uh, uh, yeah, great report, uh, Elaine. Especially, um, you know, 2024 is looking up. Um, I just hope we get um, more tourists, but just on the economic level, stock market's going up. I mean, I think there's going to be more investment. Um, I'm looking at 11A. Uh, it shows that, yeah, most of, uh, I mean, Southern Waterfront has recovered more than Northern. And, you know, and I, I guess I'll talk more about that at, at that time. But I think you're correct in, in focusing on the right things that, we that you talked about. Um, Again, I want to go into some of my ideas on the next round, but uh, great report. You're right. You're kind of right on. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I'll just wait for my next one. But thank you. It was very good. <laughs> thank you, Commissioner Adams. Um, <clears throat> very ambitious report, uh, Director Forbes. And um, you encompassed a lot of your goals and what the team and what the board's going in. We know that the city of San Francisco, you know, our image has taken a hit in the last several years, and it's good that the work that's going on here at the port, and I want to thank my labor family that's sitting out in the audience when you were talking about jobs, 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 me being a labor person myself and a, a layman. Um, it's important, and the economy's doing better. And I know we can really brag about what's happening with our cruise ships, but I think the building, the seawall, and if you really looked at what happened during COVID, construction really didn't stop. They were continuing to, to build and build and build, and I want to thank the union brothers and sisters that was out there working around the clock. And it really is refreshing for me to hear you say, the port needs to hire more people. That is a good thing. We, 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 we want to do that, because there was a time that the port seemed to be in dire straits. And Senator John Burton and others, Boris and others, really worked hard, President Brandon. And we were able to keep this thing on track. And it's amazing about, I always say about San Francisco, we have a way of bringing things back to kilter and putting it back in the center where it needs to be. And we always use the word we and us instead of the word I and me. And that's, I think that that's important, right? And we've shown that we can work harmonious and we're going to have our differences, right? Having differences is a good thing in different points of view and perspectives, right? And we should always listen to that. But I want to say that under your leadership, Mike Martin and others, 
I really appreciate the enthusiasm, the, the, the port. And I know sometimes the commissioners, we're, we're, but we also understand that we're servants of the public. We have no power. We work for the public. We're their eyes and ears, and we're their voice. And we have to speak truth to power, and we have to scrutinize things. That's our job. I always say, you know what? I want a nice guy to take my sister out and watch my house when I go on vacation. But I want my leaders to be tough. I want them to be thorough. But they also can be courteous and respectful. But I want to be that tough. And you've shown that leadership, you and your team. And I just want to say, Director Forbes, I really appreciate your leadership and where you've taken the port and your vision. And I know you. And I know what you stand for. And I know your principles and what guides you. So thank you. Thank you. Vice President Gilman. Um, thank you, Director Forbes, for a great report. I want to associate myself with Commissioner Adams. Everything he said was spot on in his comments and how ambitious this is. Um, I have some comments when we get to economic recovery um, around safe, clean, and, and stable, but I think it's really great to see both the southern waterfront and the northern waterfront activated, um, bringing people back and truly being that tourist destination and with crews and also seeing locals come out. For so many initiatives that we were trying to start before the pandemic, like off the boat fishing, <coughs> fish sales. So I'm really happy to see all that. Great report. And I want to say I will always support as much laddering opportunities as we can. Folks can't go from, usually jump from line staff to top management. You need those laddering steps along the way to cultivate talent and diversity. I'm a big fan of that. Um, and I'm really excited to see that in the budget and see how we're doing that with the maintenance department. Thank you for your report. Thank you. Um, <coughs> Director Forbes, uh, this is a great look ahead. I mean, when you did the report last month about what we accomplished in 2023, it's like, oh my God. But this is even more aggressive and more impressive. And I'm so happy that we are leading the road to recovery here in the city, here on the waterfront, and doing it from the southern waterfront to Fisherman's Wharf and using our funds wisely with our, um, our investments in beautification of our waterfront. So uh, we have a lot of work ahead of us this year, but we have a great staff and I wanna welcome Scott. We look forward to working with you and um, all that you're gonna bring to the Port of San Francisco and the waterfront with all of these wonderful development deals that we are working with. But I think 2024 is going to be a great year. And uh, thank you so much for your leadership. Next item, please. Item 10 is the consent calendar. For callers who wish to make public comment on the consent calendar, please dial star 3 to raise your hand to comment. Item 10A. Requests approval to amend and restate lease number L-16997 with the Young Men's Christian Association of San Francisco for Building 49 located within Crane Cove Park. That is Resolution 2401. Item 10B requests authorization to accept and expend $7,800,000 in grant funds from the California Coastal Conservancy for the Southern Embarcadero Resilience and Enhancement Project between Harrison Street and Townsend Street, and allow the port's executive director to execute the grant agreement subject to Board of Supervisors approval. That is Resolution 2402. Item 10C, one, acceptance of certain phase one horizontal improvements. 
to approval of a proposed amendment to the disposition and development agreement between the port and FC Pier 70 LLC related to maintenance of those improvements, and three, an update on the overall status of phase one of the Pier 70 28-acre site project, roughly bounded by 20th Street to the north, San Francisco Bay to the east, 22nd Street to the south, and Michigan Street to the west, the 28-acre site. That is Resolution 2403 and Resolution 2404. Item 10D requests approval of conditional no-cost transfer of abandoned property, historical artworks, to cultural institution for preservation, study, and public display at no cost to the port. That is Resolution 2405. Item 10E requests authorization to accept and expend a $200,000 grant from the Metropolitan Transportation Commission, MTC, for the acquisition and installation of multi-space parking pay stations approved by the San Francisco Municipal Transportation Agency, SFMTA, on certain port-owned motor vehicle parking facilities. That is Resolution 2406. Item 10F requests authorization to award construction contract number 2796R, South Beach Marina Repairs, to Yerba Buena Engineering and Construction in the amount of $2,117,010 and authorization for a contract contingency fund of 10% of the contract amount or $211,701 for a total authorization not to exceed $2,328,711. That is Resolution 2407. And Item 10G requests authorization to award construction contract number 2788R, Hyde Street Harbor Repairs, to Yerba Buena Engineering and Construction in the amount of $1,558,275, and authorization for a contract contingency fund of 10% of the contract amount, or $155,828, for a total authorization not to exceed $1,714,103. That is Resolution 2408. Thank you very much. Commissioners, is there a motion? Second. I need a motion. I made a motion. Second. Thank you. We will now take public comment. Is there any public comment in the room on the consent calendar? Seeing none, Lucinda, do we have anyone on the phone? There are no callers for public comment at this time. Thank you. We have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Motion passes unanimously. Resolutions 2401, 2402, 2403, and the release of funds from Budget and Finance Committee Reserve. That is Resolution 2409. And for callers who wish to make public comment on this item, please dial star three to raise your hand to comment. Good afternoon, President Brandon, Vice President Gilman, Commissioners, Executive Director Forbes, um, and, and to my community. Um, I am Megan Wallace, the Port's Economic Recovery Manager. 
Um, I'm here this afternoon to provide an update on the port's economic recovery efforts with a particular focus on sharing our economic recovery strategies and investments, as well as talking about metrics that the port is starting to track um, to monitor the overall, overall well-being of the city, the port, as well as the outcomes uh, resulting from our investments in economic recovery initiatives. Um, I'm also here today to request your potential approval of an expenditure plan for the port's $10 million economic recovery project. To begin, I'd like to take a moment to review the port's timeline for planning and implementation of our economic recovery and growth plan. Um, back in November of 2022, I came back on board with the port and began the process working with port staff as well as um, our partners, internal and external partners um, along the waterfront to develop uh, economic recovery initiatives. Um, as that plan started to develop around February of 2022, we began the process of allocating funding to those initiatives. Um, and then most recently in June of 2023, I was here before you um, and presented an overview of that economic recovery and growth plan. I did receive really valuable input on wanting some more insights about the overarching strategy around how uh, you know, we're focusing funds, um, and I'm going to be talking more about that today, and I hope uh, provide some additional clarity to our overall um, uh, approach to allocating funding. So first and foremost, I want to highlight that we have a lot of wonderful resources going into our economic recovery and growth work. Uh, over $64 million when you take into account a variety of funding sources and projects that, that the port has allocated to this work. Um, first, you know, speaking of the economic recovery project, um, that, that's $10 million of harbor funds that's dedicated to helping the port uh, recover from the economic impacts of the pandemic. Uh, the Tenant Attraction and Retention Fund, uh, that's actually a $10.4 million allocation of stimulus funding that was really dedicated, as the title indicates, to both attracting and retaining tenants. So very, very real estate focused. We uh, can look at maritime as well, um, but ultimately the expenditure plan focuses on allocating funds to really uh, improving our real estate portfolio. The Port Infrastructure Grant uh, represents the CALSTA, um, the California State uh, Infrastructure um, Grant, um, as well as the Port Infrastructure uh, Grant, PIDP, Port Infrastructure Development Program funding. Together, those grants and the Port's approximately $5 million match um, comes to $36 million. And then $8 million of Southern Waterfront beautification funding that hadn't been previously programmed um, really is coming up at a time where it's there's a dire need for us to invest in our Southern Waterfront. It's time to put those funds to work. So I really looked at all of these funds together um, to help us think about what uh, moving forward a strategy on recovery and growth. Um, and ultimately what you'll see uh, if you look at the allocation of these funds regionally along the waterfront, is there's a very strong regional theme. Um, uh, Fisherman's Wharf um, is not the largest allocation of funds, but when it comes to one of the most important in terms of the potential for rebuilding the port's uh, revenue base, 
um, it, it is the first one that emerges, to, emerges out to me. Um, with six vacant facilities, one office, and five restaurants um, that are now coming back in port control and needing to be released, it's really critical for the port to lean in on a theory of action around investing in activation, beautification, improving our public realm spaces, all in the goal of trying to rebuild retail in Fisherman's Wharf. Um, and that's what I believe the expenditure plan, uh, using a combination of economic recovery funding as well as the tenant attraction and retention funding uh, will deliver. As you can see in the, in the slides, I mentioned activation, beautification, um, improving facilities. So we have 1.9 million of tenant attraction and retention funds set aside uh, for improving the likes of Luz, Pompeii Grotto, Aliotos, um, really uh, with the intent of getting those facilities ready um, and marketable. Um, and then very notably, supporting our commercial fishing. Um, economic recovery funds are set aside to improve uh, the Pier 45 West Apron. Uh, we have other capital dollars uh, going into improving the sheds along Pier 45. We're going to be installing a new ice machine. and. Very importantly, we are uh, doing a resilience program early project uh, at Wharf J9 that will install a gangway and float. Um, and that's just gonna do wonders for improving the public's access to off the boat fish sales, um, as well as get the process going for uh, looking at how we're gonna stabilize the seawall along uh, Wharf J9. Um, then the southern waterfront is so exciting because, as you can see from this chart in blue, we have a whole lot of other people's money to put to work, um, and that is the CALSTA and PDIDP funding. So kudos to staff that chased that money down. Now we're trying to put it to work. That really represents improved fundering at Pier 80, um, improving operations and facilities at Amador Street. That includes beautifying Amador Street. So now there's going to be um, not only uh, real maritime activity, but it's going to be beautified uh, with improved landscaping uh, and roadways. Um, and then uh, the Southern Waterfront Beautification Funding and Tenant Attraction uh, and Retention Funding really is a game changer in terms of the port matching our work on expanding our maritime operations and activities with ongoing maintenance, as Director Forbes mentioned, dedicating staff um, to uh, in the southern waterfront for ongoing cleaning um, and maintenance, um, but also looking at ways that we can improve the edges of our roadways uh, with additional greening and getting into our parks and finishing up some of that critical work for the Blue Greenway to make the community experience in the southern waterfront better. So really, these are two ends of the waterfront that have such different stories, but I think are so port of San Francisco. Um, and we're really leaning in on trying to make those um, our major areas of focus uh, for recovery and growth. I wanted to take a little bit of time to help you visualize how this work is go going into action um, and tell you a little bit about how staff is trying to go from having an expenditure plan and you know, dollars and descriptions on paper to actual implementation. 
Um, and that comes down to having work plans. We uh, have developed work plans for staff to follow both for Fisherman's Wharf and for the Southern Waterfront. Um, and to tell you a little bit more about what these images help, help convey, uh, Fisherman's Wharf, we've really focused on three major nodes, if you will. Um, first, the gateway, which is right where the Sky Star Wheel is. Uh, we see that as a really critical moment to capture the public, that previously they weren't necessarily drawn into the wharf. They might turn back and go back to Pier 39 or think to go to the ferry building, which is great for the port, but we want people to experience Fisherman's Wharf. And so now we have that amazing Ferris wheel to attract the public and draw them in, but now we're looking at other ways to activate the area, particularly along the Little Embarcadero and at Pier 43. We really want to engage the public and want to have pulled them further into Fisherman's Wharf. And then that's where Taylor Street and the, and the Inner Lagoon <coughs> come into play. We need to continue to activate and beautify that area. Fish, the Fisherman's Wharf Community Benefit District did an amazing job of putting on 19 events this summer, Pier Party, drawing up to 3,000 people for their largest concert. Um, and that activated the area, created vibrancy, but now we need to pair that with facility improvements and trying to get tenants into Aliotos and into Fisherman's Grotto um, and draw them into the inner lagoon. We have a lot of debates among staff about where the heart of Fisherman's Wharf is. A lot of us think it's the inner lagoon, FYI. So we're thinking about things like lighting the lagoon and trying to draw people in to really experience the waterside of this area of the wharf. And then for Jefferson Street, I mentioned the gangway at float. That's gonna be such a multi-benefit uh, project. It's a resilience project, but it has, um, you know, draws people to the waterfront. It connects our fishers to the community. And, but we really do need to pair that with getting uh, our restaurants improved and filled. Um, and so those really are the priorities in Fisherman's Wharf. And I'm happy to say that that work plan is our way of organizing staff's work to hold ourselves accountable to delivering um, these, these activities. And then for Southern Waterfront, I think I've drawn out the themes already where we have maritime growth and operational improvements paired with Blue Greenway, you know, public space, open space improvements. Um, the, you can see looking at the expenditure plans and the staff report that those investments are really drawn in those different ways. The grants really go to maritime facilities, whereas the southern waterfront goes to a combination of investments in our parks and open spaces, but as well as investing in things like, uh, like the Pier 90 grain silos or Pier 96 uh, cranes, hoping to get those removed so that we can uh, prepare for future maritime operations in those spaces. Um, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here, but I want to let you know that staff is working on a work plan for something called the Waterfront Walk. And it's really a port-wide um, uh, strategy that looks to connect the work in Southern Waterfront to Fisherman's Wharf, creating um, a connection of all the different destinations that we know are amazing and wonderful along the waterfront, but aren't currently pulled together in a cohesive way. Um, so we're looking at look, wayfinding, activation and enhancements, as well as art, as ways that we will um, be investing along the waterfront 
but also trying to build together a cohesive narrative around the port, the port's identity. So more to come on that. Um, so I've talked quite a bit about the different funding sources and how they're being invested. I do want to do a little bit of business in terms of thinking about that next step of going back to the Board of Supervisors. We have uh, $10 million of economic recovery funds currently on budget and finance reserve. Um, I'm seeking port commission approval of the expenditure plan so that staff can then return to the Board of Supervisors and request that release of funding. Um, and I just want to highlight the specific investments here just in case any questions come up in the Q&A. Um, but all of these uh, fall right in line with all of the uh, thinking around these regional uh, investments as well as the specific ways that we're hoping to improve our, our retail, um, you know, real estate and maritime uh, portfolios. And then finally, just want to touch base on some progress on our thinking around metrics. I'm not going to share um, the trends at this point. My hope is to develop a report that staff can share out to the commission on a regular basis and maybe in the next uh, presentation I'll provide more details. But really just uh, we've been looking at ways that we can monitor citywide trends, port trends, um, not only to look at the economic well-being of the city, such as with hotel uh, room reservations. You know, that'll give us a sense of how many people are going to be coming to the waterfront. Um, and talking about SkyStar ridership, I know the real estate team will be sharing out more on that uh, next uh, commission meeting uh, when they come before you. Um, but I think the main point I want to hit home is just how important it is for us to deliver on leasing uh, in order to support our financial forecast. Um, I know that um, our chief financial officer, Nate Cruz, will go into more details around the financial projections built into the budget. Um, but this work to get uh, our facilities released um, really is critical to those financial projections. And um, I take it very much to heart that there, there are real outcomes that we're trying to get to by putting forward this work in Fisherman's Wharf and the Southern Waterfront. Um, to make sure that we're building up our revenue base so that we're able to meet our financial obligations of a balanced budget, as well as setting aside sufficient funding to meet our capital needs. So, main points. Really just want to hit home. We do have a good variety of funding sources, over $64 million that we're dedicating really to this thinking about recovery and growth. Um, we do have a very strong regional approach of Fisherman's Wharf, Southern Waterfront, but also wanting a port-wide um, layer. Um, I think wayfinding is something that the Commission has really highlighted, and uh, we are working on it and trying to build a holistic approach, not piecemeal. We want to make sure we do it right. Um, so we'll be talking more about that uh, at the next update, along with sharing um, more details about our metrics. Um, and with that, I look forward to your questions and would love an approval on the expenditure plan for the economic recovery project. Thank you. Thank you. Um, can I have a motion? I so move. Second. Thank you. Uh, let's open it up to public comment. Is there any public comment in the room? Seeing none, Lucinda, do we have anyone on the phone? There are no callers for public comment at this time. Okay, public comment is closed. Commissioner Adams? 
Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, Megan, I'm, I'm glad that you came back and um, Director Forbes, and this, this, this is good work. Um, the recovery plan, I think, and the expenditure plan to me in, in the budget is that been very well explained with Nate there and where we're trying to go. Um, I just hope that, you know, we're going to have enough uh, funds because I know that we are we got a lot of places that have closed and stuff like that restaurants and I want to make sure that you know the port has the stability that we you know we will be okay and uh, so I'm going to support it um, I know it's going to go to the Board of Supervisors and so I'm good thank you thank you thank you Commissioner Lee. Um, Megan it's um, this is right perfect Actually, the way it's uh, split up, but I got a. Uh, can I make some some, some suggestions? Because um, <clears throat> it is pretty interesting how Northeast has jumped so high compared to. And I'm and I understand Fisherman's Wharf because rentals and abandonments, but it's just encouraging how much already that the Southern Waterfront, Mission Bay, and even uh, even South Beach has kind of grown, but there's more room. So I just have a few things that I think that would maybe, you know, if you can spread the budget a little bit, but um, <laughs> so, um, so like Southern Waterfront, you know, the part of it is if we're starting to make some improvements, and I think I talked to Dave Martin, uh, Dave about this before, about, you know, the Dragon Boat races, you know, that's kind of worldwide and I think they've been talking about doing a uh, building a floating dock to accommodate these long boats, but those will bring in a lot of people around the world and give us kind of some kind of um, uh, notoriety again. And it fits perfectly around the southern waterfront, Crane Cove. So that's something to you know put on your radar. And then, but the the thing is, what I like is uh, to do is. When you have these activations, that there's small business around there, but right now there isn't. So maybe there's uh, an empty space or parking lot that we could create a uh, food truck park. <laughs> you know, so when there's these events, we can actually rent out these spaces to the food trucks who can accommodate these um, events. Okay, so that's that's kind of something there in the real estate uh, part of it. Um, another thing I always kind of and and part of our mandate is uh, an EV parking lot where where electric uh, you know electric, electric cars can park at a discount and there's EV stations there where people can plug in and we can get a percentage uh, of, of revenue from that um, <clears throat> as far as uh, the fish market area you know my thing when I first came here uh, I kind of wanted like to do what Seattle does and have this big sign that says public fish market which will help the crab people and the fishermen because they're having a hard time. Yeah. And so that would kind of like see from a distance where exactly they can walk to. So that was kind of if we could spend a little bit of money for some kind of big signage over there. Like please. Right? Um, I think as far as, you know, Pier 90 and, and the further waterfront, since we are looking at making that a green area, uh, what I kind of like to see is Maybe another industry like recycling bottles and plastics 
because now there's a new law that even our liquor bottles, you have to pay a CRV. And the closest place to get any money back is in South San Francisco. So South San Francisco and, and, and you know, Southern Waterfront is not that far. So we can make some money from that and also become a convenience. And then that whole area anyway is kind of a recycling, you know, with the resource center and all that until we could really get the, um, uh, you know, the offshore manufacturing. Well, that's going to be a while. But I know we have spaces down there. And um, I think, um, yeah, basically advertising more to these outside green recycling and try to get some new uh, tenants uh, to, to, you know, maybe it's temporary four or five years, you know, something just to, you know, take up the spaces. Um, I want to kind of bring up that, you know, we should also invest a little bit of money uh, on these, these abandoned buildings, okay, that are sitting around empty while we're waiting should be really secure because they're you know I, I just got an email from somebody southern waterfront that kids are going in there and exploring and there's open holes in the floor and and somebody broke into one of the buildings there could be another fire and i hate to be spending all this extra dollars on you know uh re, you know either tearing it down or uh, medical bills. I'm sure city attorney don't want to go into any kind of lawsuits. So I think we should spend some of those operation dollars and, and, and uh, check out the security at these uh, abandoned warehouses and things because uh, that's already been brought to my attention. Um, but other than that, maybe that's too much already. But, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, but uh, uh, that's kind of what I like to see in 2024. And I think you have some good money here to back it up. So I, I look forward to your progress report. These are all great. Thank you for all, right. all of that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Vice President Gilman. Megan, thanks for the report. Um, and I'm supportive of the item. Um, I think similarly, just for things to think about, I really, really love this concept of the waterfront walk. Um, I think there, it, there's such, I mean, you have the missing links for activation. I, I've always felt there's been sort of this gap right around the high dive going towards the southern waterfront as someone who walks that promenade, and I know my fellow commissioners do too. So I really love this idea, um, but I think it has to go with, and, and I know we're tired for fun, so as creatively um, and as cost-effectively as possible, you know, wayfinding and signage have been like my soapbox for yeah. the last six and a half, five and a half years on this commission. Um, Commissioner Lee is right. Um, even with the little stickers and the crab person, it's still very confusing. Yeah. If you don't follow the off-the-boat folks like on Facebook or on right. some other social media channel to get to their boats, um, and I think we need to do much, much better with signage. Um, and when you do your report back and your metrics, I would love to also intertwine a metrics with safety. Um, and this is just more a public comment for the record. Um, we can do all the activation we want on the... In, at the Fisherman's Wharf, Little Embarcadero area. Um, but on MLK weekend, where we had lots of families visiting us, seeing the Ferris wheel, which I think is all um, incredible and phenomenal, um, we had open air alcohol, cannabis, and I don't know what to call them, psilocybin sales happening um, right in front of kids buying a soda pop and a corn dog. And so we have to get the Little Embarcadero and it's not just illegal vending, but the legal sale 
of alcohols and drugs under control if we really want a family-friendly zone. We can do all the investment we want if we can't get that under control. Um, it's just, I think, a combination that's going to have a disaster. I don't want to read in the press of some young person overdosing on things they bought illegally on our waterfront. So um, if there's any way we can build in a matrix of how this is tying for public safety, maybe working with the new team at the port, and I will definitely, to your report, Director Forbes be supporting increasing our funds, um, even if it's on a temporary basis, to law enforcement. We, we, have, to, we have to do that. Um, you know, we may not like, you know, a hot dog being made wrong or someone selling sunglasses, but that's not, hopefully neither of those could kill someone, but um, drug and alcohol sales can when minors get a hold of them or, you know, other people do. So I just think we have, that's something we really need to focus on. Um, around the whole entire waterfront to, to make this activation work. But I'm really excited to hear more about the art walk and signage and your plans. Thank you. I do want to say I, I couldn't agree more about incorporating safety. I think that that perception of, yeah. like, if I want to go to an event, it's ex an exciting activation, but I don't safe, feel safe going there or bringing my family, then I'm going to make the decision to do something yeah. else. And so that if, if we don't improve that perception, then I agree with you, it's going to detract from the activations. And yeah. I think just always keep that in the back of your mind, particularly when you're talking about the um, lagoon activation on mm -hmm. the back side, even during the day, yeah. I would say if you're not pretty urban savvy, mm -hmm. um, it's not the most attractive place to walk around right now. So if we're going to do an activation, we're going to need to make sure there's lighting, um, that there's not vandalism, graffiti, and unfortunately, um, can't be a refuge for our unhoused brothers and sisters to be because that unfortunately makes people right whatever your commentary on that is makes people feel unsafe yeah i agree and and one other point about the waterfront walk actually commissioner Lee, you spoke in about food trucks you know and i think that 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 is an element i don't want to give too much away about the waterfront walk but i do want to say uh amy cohen our business generation manager with real estate has really been instrumental in helping get our thinking going about yeah. that and think about hubs of activation. So we would definitely want to have a, a hub or two in the southern waterfront, just as we would in Fisherman's Wharf and somewhere central along the waterfront. So looking at these strings of opportunity um, for bringing people out and having amenities like food and some sort of entertainment, um, but certainly pairing that with um, making sure that we're working, we are working with our security team thinking about that holistically. We can't just do activation on its own. Security on its own hasn't been working. We do want to bring them together. Hopefully this will be the silver bullet, so to speak, in really trying to um, get things moving in our recovery work. Yeah, I'm sorry, let's just raise one question. How do you identify, I mean, there's anecdotal evidence, but how do you identify sort of the dead spots or dead zones? Because on the weekends in particular, MLK Weekend was a great example. Mm -hmm. You had hubs of activity like the ferry building, you had the Ferris wheel, you had um, a little bit by the stadiums, but how do you identify the dead zones to make a more cohesive waterfront for visitors? I think that's actually where the work needs to happen. Uh, looking at a combination of where it feels like maybe the dead zones, maybe they aren't actually areas of opportunity, maybe, but by creating a, a hub, some sort of activation near those, they might get people to explore those areas. So um, I'm not entirely sure that it's the dead zones that will be the place that's activated, but that's the type of the work that needs to um, happen at this point of uh, looking along the waterfront, uh, you know, having our teams evaluate um, what's going on in different areas of the waterfront and then uh, making some decisions about where to okay. move those investments. I look forward yeah. to seeing 
what you come up with. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. Great report. And and really want to um, thank the staff for over the past three years really focusing on our economic recovery <coughs> and the plan and implementation. And it's so phenomenal that we've been able to come up with $64 million in uh, funding sources. So the staff has really been working hard at economic recovery for, the, for um, a few years now. And so I just want to be clear on what we're voting on today. <laughs> and today we are asking for the release of $10 million from the Board of Supervisors and the release of $8 million from the Southern Waterfront Beautification Fund. Um, the formal action in the resolution is approval of the expenditure plan uh, for so the, the $10 million. For $10 million. Yes. Okay, so yeah. only the $10 million. Yes, because we are seeking uh, commission approval of that expenditure plan to, um, the, that we want to be able to demonstrate to the Board of Supervisors that we've had this conversation, that, you, that we've developed a, a strong plan, because that was what was missing when we went and brought the budget for it originally. Um, it was just a programmatic budget with no details about the specific investments. Um, so generally, um, we aren't seeking formal approval of other areas of this of you know, the uh, expenditure of other funding sources, but certainly your input is warranted. Um, but uh, I think, so Director Forbes, did you have a comment? I <laughs> These funds um, were from COVID 2020 when I said, we're going to need money to come back. <laughs> I, I think it's about $10 million, and you were kind enough to put it in the budget. And the Board of Supervisors said, what exactly is this for? And we said, we have no idea. It's, it's COVID and we'll figure it out. Um, uh, we'll figure out the right investment strategy. So Megan is asking to go to the board and get those funds released and show you how we plan to spend them before we go to the board and show them how we plan, if there are any changes. The other funding, like Southern Waterfront Beautification Money and these budget, those are coming through the budget. So you will see those expenditures in the budget, right? So we will see $54.4 in expenditures in the budget, or have we already seen some of these? Maybe Nate can clarify, but I believe these will be allocated in the budget process, right, to two specific projects. So I can clarify. Okay, so uh, maybe just to run through it, and uh, so the $10 million was previously appropriated, so this is just detailing the exact expenditures within them. The tenant attraction or retention funding is stimulus dollars, so expected. also previously appropriated. Yes. I'm just yes. looking for nice yes. nods. Yes. So previously appropriated. So again, this is more providing detail, detail of how we're goes. programming the funds out. The the port infrastructure grants, you're seeing them a little bit piecemeal in the accept and expend process. I believe um, the next one is coming through at the next meeting. Sorry, I, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, the Southern Waterfront Beautification Funding, this only represents the $8 million that has already been appropriated. Uh -huh. Um, so um, through the current fiscal year. So again, it's programming. Oh, I see. Yeah. So when was it appropriated? I guess it was appropriated in prior budget year. Nate, can you help with that? Thank you. Hi, good evening, uh, Commissioners. Nate Cruz, the CFO. The $10 million was appropriated in 2020. It was initially uh, 
at the request of Director Forbes and a heart attack for finance when she asked for this large appropriation. That's the to, one I remember. Yeah, <laughs> I'll never forget it. Uh, but you know, in a very wise move, yes, realized definitely. we needed to set us, you know, uh -huh. set aside funds to reinvest in their in the, in the recovery. We did so, uh, but without any specific programming. Mm -hmm. When we went to the board of supervisors, they put that amount on reserve, pending some specific details. Those are the details we're presenting to you today. The Southern Waterfront Beautification Fund. Uh, the annual appropriations of that fund are included in the biennial budget each two years when we bring it to you. And so at the next uh, hearing, I'll be requesting appropriations for the next two years. The funds that uh, Megan is referring to today have been appropriated in prior years. But they have not been spent? Um, have been spent. They have not been spent, okay. no. Okay. So but they have been appropriated. So when do you come back to us in... Or are you asking us now, is it okay to spend it on these particular things? Or are you coming back at a different time? We're only asking for appro approval for the $10 million. This I understand. Okay. I'm just trying yeah. to... <laughs> we're, we're asking for your feedback on the way we plan to spend the funds that have already been appropriated. So that's... And apologies for thinking there's a new appropriation there on this, the southern waterfront. So we're asking for your feedback and comment on the plan Megan has laid out, which is our economic recovery plan. Um, and then requests we're moving on to the Board of Supervisors for the release for of reserve. For $10 million. Just for the yeah. $10 million. So forget the $54.4 million <laughs> that will come back to us later? or It's already, it's already budgeted. It's so <laughs> if you say, we, I love this, this plan, um, we'll move. We'll move forward on our our economic recovery plan, and we can report to you how it's going. Uh, we can give updates on how things are going, but it's not. The funding is already in place. So, so what? It, it, so, I just because maybe my understanding is wrong. My understanding is ten million was put on reserve by the board of supervisors because we didn't know what we wanted to do in the world because we had to figure our we stuff out. We didn't know yet, which was smart. Mm -hmm. And we're voting on that. Yes. And then $54 million has already been programmed, and we've already approved that in prior year budgets. That's what our finance director is telling us, and Megan is telling us as well. Yes. I think, I, I think what I heard is it's been appropriated. Yeah, so I don't all know if it's been appropriated to certain uses. Well, that's it's what exactly I was curious about. Like, how was it appropriated? That was that's exactly what I was curious about. Was like appropriated to what? Is it Nate? Is it an overall project that the Southern Waterfront Beautification was allocated toward? I think that's a missing piece here. Yeah, the uh, appropriation authority for Southern Water for the Southern Waterfront Beautification Fund happens at the fund level. Uh, and so it's, it's similar to uh, a dredging project. The specific berths which are dredged according to need over time are not individually approved at the commission level. So similarly, the, the beautification fund is a, is a total appropriation amount. The individual projects are, are you know, selected by staff according to the policy guidelines you've given us, and we're giving you that context and the specifics uh, today, but they're not subject to individual approval. I'm still a little confused. And and I guess my confusion at this point is we have $64.4 in recovery. Some of these funds have already been appropriated and 
spent. No. They have not yet been spent. None so of the 64.4 million has been spent. Correct. So we, we've done a lot of budgeting at the program level without having the detailed plans for how to deliver. And that's what a lot of the work that I've been doing with staff has entailed is having conversations about how do we make sure we're delivering work with these funds that align with our strategic goals. So when will we see how the 64.4 million is being spent? I think we can do that through the economic recovery updates. Um, I think that we do plan to have continual economic recovery updates and staff can describe how it's going and how the spending is, is happening uh, during that time. Yes. And I think we plan it probably twice a year at this point. Yes, uh, been six, every six months or so. Sorry, Director Forbes. I was going to share that, um, so all of the details are in the staff report about the individual projects, you know, sub-projects. So, uh, and so the tenant attraction and retention was a pot of funds without the specific details about which facilities we're investing in. And now we're, we're getting more and more granular um, with those details within the staff report. I think going back to what President Brandon said, what are we voting on? I think we need that clarity because I think this is pot of money out there and this thing's been allocated They've been approved. Do they have to come back? I mean, where, I mean, where are we at? They better hurry. You're, you're voting on <clears throat> encouraging me to ask the Board of Supervisors to release $10 million in reserves. That's, That's it. it. That's, That's it. it. Nothing else. For Nothing what, else. For what's on this sheet. What's on the sheet. Correct. And then for anything else with President Brandon, so we got, they got to, you got to come back to us. No, said, opposite. No. We already have been to you. <laughs> of course. But we have agreed to come back, and we want to come back twice okay. a year to okay. talk about how the program is going and how the spending is okay. going from the $64 million. Okay. okay. And, this, and the $64 million is a compiling of the, for everything from port infrastructure to economic recovery to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I say, hurry up before they take it away. <laughs> yeah. they, they keep talking about cutting back, cutting back. They might yeah. cut that. They might. Yeah, take I would get them. You better hurry the up. <laughs> so it's all our money, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. They, they can't claw it back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, this, this is a confusing item, and I totally support economic recovery, and I totally support investment of our waterfront. I understand that you're asking for $10 million to be released, and I understand that, and I see where it's going. I think that soon you should update us on the other $54.4 million Same. and how it's being spent, okay? To, be, to clarify, uh, President Brandon, all of the details of the expenditure of the 64.4 are detailed in the staff report. I see uh, it. I, would, I, am, I see it. I it just don't framework. remember us yeah. allocating it. And I didn't understand that the Southern Waterfront, um, we had no conversation about. It's just whatever the staff feels that they want to do. With it. I didn't understand that part either. 
I actually didn't understand that either. I mean, that it's, that it's allocated at the project level is, uh, would be an easier way to use those funds to respond to project needs. I think it is an issue of reporting, disclosure and reporting. And we want to make sure you have both. And, and, and I think also, too, if you're including our advisory groups on those expenditures, don't we have to, don't we, I thought we had to, for the Southern Waterfront Fund, go back to the Southern Water Advisory Group for input? No? I don't think that's the Not case. For, I don't think for no, this. I, I, just I think wasn't so. sure. I, I don't. I don't think that's the case. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to work with Nate and Megan on a suggestion that we'll bring in February, related to the Southern Waterfront Beautification Fund, and reporting back on these um, these expenditures for our economic recovery programs, so you have visibility <coughs> into how they're being spent. And just because we've allocated at the project level in the past to the Southern Waterfront uh, from the Southern Waterfront Beautification Fund, does not mean we need to do so in the future. We could certainly allocate with project details. So that is, I'm going to speak with the team and, and we'll make a proposal to you if, if that satisfies um, uh, President Brandon and members of the commission. Okay, so for today, are we agreeing to $10 million release from the Board of Supervisors and nothing else or are we approving anything else? We just want the $10 million in the Board Let's of Supervisors. Just 10. <laughs> yes, just 10. And everything just on the 10. list. Just 10. Just 10. We better get this done, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Everything on the list and maybe more. Yeah. We have a motion and a second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay. Resolution 2409 has been approved. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you. Item 12A is an informational presentation and possible action to request one, endorsement of the proposed term sheet, and two, amend and extend the exclusive negotiating agreement, both with Strata TCC Partners, LLC, for the proposed Piers 3032 and Siwa Lot 3330 project, generally located along the Embarcadero between Bryant and Beale Streets. This is Resolution 2410. And for callers who wish to make public comments on this item, Please dial star three to raise your hand to comment. Thank you, Jenica. Uh, oh, President Brandon, Vice President Gilman, Commissioners, uh, thank you for having me this afternoon. I'm here to speak about an informational presentation with possible action on the Pier 3032 and Seawall Lot 330 project, requesting endorsement of the term sheet and approval of a couple of ENA amendments. Just to provide an overview of what I'll be speaking about today, I'm going to provide some background on the project itself, talk about the project concept for both the peer and seawall lot sides, talk about the financial and deal structure, uh, talk about the specific ground leases. There will be three to four at the site, the performance schedule, uh, port participation in the project, the DEI plan, um, and those ENA amendments. So to set the stage, I just want to talk about where we are in the development process, which is a very long process um, in, in uh, the best schedule. Uh, so we're requesting, where we've negotiated a term sheet and are requesting the endorsement of that term sheet uh, from the Port Commission. After this, we will move to the board. Um, this is following extensive community outreach. So 
this process took a little longer uh, than originally anticipated due to additional community and state agency outreach and the need for state legislation. Um, and then we will move on to the next phase um, after the board approves the, endorses the term machine and approves fiscal feasibility, which is negotiating transaction documents and moving into the CEQA process. Um, so there is still much work to go after this before we have a final development agreement uh, and construction can start. And I'll talk about the specific timelines and the schedule of performance as part of the presentation. Um, so to just set the stage, I wanna go back to the original RFP goals. Um, first, we wanted to preserve and improve the existing maritime uses of the site, uh, upgrade the infrastructure at the site to be resilient against sea level rise and seismic issues. Uh, we wanted to include public trust and public oriented uses for the site and generate revenues for the port through an economically viable project. Um, so that was what guided us here today um, to this project, which is a two to three phase project. Um, the first two phases, which could be done together as separately as phase one and two, um, are two residential buildings with 15% inclusionary affordable housing uh, and a land dedication for 100% affordable housing building that would be funded through the entire project. So fees from the entire project will go into that building um, funding it. At completion, it will be 713 units total uh, with 25% affordable throughout the project. The next phase, phase three on the pier side, is the reconstruction of the existing pier into a single resilient pier with vertical improvements on top. Strengthening of the seawall, and in the foreground you can see an aquatic center and deep water <laughs> berth uh, to the, the left side. So to get into the specifics on phase one and two, the first two buildings would be, are projected to be 619 units, <laughs> including 92 BMR. Uh, ground level retail, open community space uh, on the ground floor. They could be done uh, together or in phases, as I mentioned. And the land dedication, which would then be constructed um, through um, sources as available, including fees from the project. So that brings us to the total 25% affordability for the project as a whole out of 713 units. Phase three uh, starts with demolition of the existing piers and then reconstruction of the single resilient pier you see rendered here. Um, strengthening of the seawall would be done through that. Uh, there's the aquatic center with a pool um, and a deep water berth for both excursion and emergency access. The vertical improvements include 375,000 square feet of office with the potential for an additional 55,000 square feet through the existing building footprint. It would be done in, through a mezzanine space. And then um, 70,000 square feet of retail uh, and a market hall, the aquatic facilities, and accommodations for a Red's Job House. Um, I think, as I mentioned in the RFP, one of the most important goals for this project is investment in the port's assets and reconstruction of the infrastructure there. Um, so the, the projected cost of that, all told, the horizontal improvements alone uh, is $460 million. Um, so there's a, a huge investment in the porous assets here. Um, the infrastructure and all the vertical improvements, the buildings on top, would return to the port upon the expiration or early termination of the lease. Just talk about the project financing a little. I won't get too into the details here. Um, 
but the term sheet proposes both a CFD or community facilities district and an IFD infrastructure financing district at the site. It's similar to the financing mechanisms we've used for the Mission Rock and Pier 70 projects. Um, based on the current pro forma and market, the project requires an additional $125 million um, to balance or pencil. Um, this can be filled through multiple options. The first we will look to is the market itself. As the market improves, that gap um, will close. So the hope is that the market improves and there is no need for additional funding. Um, however, if that does not occur, we can look at additional um, sources, including public sources, such as uh, some of the ones we've seen across the city are adjusting impact fees or delaying their collection, uh, utilizing additional tracks transfer uh, tax increment, um, adjusting or waiving transfer taxes, um, or federal or state grants, um, potential uh, revenue sharing from the East So the deal itself, this is what will be negotiated over the next couple of years, um, will be a lease disposition and development agreement. Uh, there's the potential for a development agreement and or a master lease as well. These will kind of govern how construction is done, um, how the city, uh, governs the site and the port's relationship with the developer. Um, this will be done based on the term sheet. It's a non-binding term sheet. So we'll, we'll continue to, this will continue to evolve over the couple years. That will be the final contract between the port and the developer. There will also be three to four ground leases. Um, the Piers 3032 ground leases will be 66 years, and the Seawall Lot 330 ground leases will be 75 years. That's um, capped by the state legislation that authorizes the projects at, on both sides of the, of the Embarcadero. Um, so to get into the specific lease terms, the Seawall Lot 330, the market rate buildings, this could be one or two leases depending on how it's developed uh, together or in phases. Uh, again, 75-year term, the total ground rent would be $600,000 per year with a CPI adjustment every five years. Uh, during construction, there would be reduced rent until a TCO is uh, received. The tenant is responsible for all maintenance and repairs. Uh, one caveat here is this, it, we recognize this is a, probably a below market rent to so facilitate the construction of the entire project. So if at any time um, Pier 3032 milestones are not met, that rent increases to $1.8 million. Um, and there is that option to develop it in two phases, and the rent would just be split 50-50 between the two parcels. Um, the Seawall Lot 330 affordable site would also be a 75-year term. The rent would be $0 there as it's an affordable site. Uh, the tenant would be responsible for all maintenance and repairs there as well. Finally, the Pier 3032 lease uh, would be a 66-year term. Ground rent there would be $900,000. Again, CPI adjustments every five years, reduced construction rent. Um, the tenant is responsible for all maintenance and repairs. Um, the one caveat being the port would be responsible for the dredging of the east berth if necessary. Um, it has not been necessary to date. Um, so one of the things I promised to come back with is the performance schedule. This is the official performance schedule. It is impossible to follow because it's based on prior dates. So I'm going to skip ahead um, to a projected performance schedule, which has years and months that we can follow. Um, I will note this is illustrative because it's based on when that final LDDA execution occurs. Uh, this assumes that we execute an LDDA in July 2026. That's the current target date, and I think it's very feasible. 
Um, so this would put phase one construction, the first residential building starting in January 2028, um, or so the permit issuance in January 2028 with construction starting in July 2028. The first building would be complete in July 2030. The second residential building would be complete in July 2031. <clears throat> and then the construction permit for the pier side would occur in July 2032 with um, corn shell complete in July 2035 um, with the goal to be tenant improvements starting shortly thereafter. Uh, the port also participates in the project itself. So in addition to receiving these base amounts through ground rent, the port participates in the upside of the project. So that's 20% of net proceeds above an 18% um, IRR internal rate of return on the first transaction. So this means at the first sale, the port gets essentially 20% of the profits above that 18% threshold. Um, the 18% threshold being a, a key threshold we've seen on other port projects. Uh, in future transactions, the port would receive 1.5% of net proceeds on sub those transactions. Um, and again, if the peers 3032 performance benchmarks are not met, um, the port would receive an additional peer of 10% of proceeds above 15% um, IRR. And those last two are additions since the original uh, proposal. Um, to touch on the DEI plan, so we're still at a conceptual level with the DEI plan, but there's five different um, concepts here. The first being swim and water sports access. <clears throat> the site would be, the pool would be managed by a nonprofit um, aimed at addressing racial, gender, and economic disparities related to water sports access. So really trying to improve swim proficiency um, for children across the city. <clears throat> uh, the second would be a BIPOC artisan retail program. This would be a an effort focused on BIPOC entrepreneurs. It would be along the, the peers building. There would be spaces for artisan retail and maker spaces, and these would be um, targeted, and the, the leases would be structured to support the success of the entrepreneurs. Um, third, on the affordable housing side, the developer is going to look for a partner to do the affordable housing development, and they would place a heavy emphasis on BIPOC leadership in selecting that partner. Um, fourth, uh, LBE and WE participation in the project. So we will, uh, through the transaction document negotiation, set goals there, but that will be a key part. Uh, and then workforce development, uh, as we talk about jobs, um, developer is committed to working on the, uh, doing the project under a project labor agreement or a PLA and intends to work with a city build program on a pipeline program to, um, <coughs> help people get into um, the construction and trades work. Finally, there are two ENA amendments. These align to timeline. Um, and as we hit the term sheet, this is a major milestone. Um, so we're kind of revisiting where we are. So this updates the ENA term. Uh, so it's an 18 month extension. That is essentially how much later we are uh, in bringing the term sheet to you. Uh, than originally planned, and that is due to the need for um, community and state agency outreach, and especially the need to get state legislation in SB 273, so we would request um, that extension. <coughs> it also, as they enter this new stage of the project, <coughs> allows the developer um, to transfer to another investor um, without port commission approval, so long as Strata princ principles, Strata, uh, retains control, so long as 
just straw is in control they can transfer and bring in new investors into the project this allows them to look for investors as they're moving into this later stage so they can be ready to hit the ground finally next steps so in February or March February and March will introduce the term sheet and a fiscal feasibility report to the Board of Supervisors to request their endorsement of the term sheet this is assuming your approval today and to find the project fiscally feasible and then following the board approval the developer once they hit the milestone the developer can submit the environmental application to planning to start the sequel process and we'll begin working on those transaction documents I also have Jesse Blount from Strata here who would like to say a couple words so I'm gonna give him a couple minutes and then we'll take questions President excuse me President Brandon Vice President Gilman commissioners Port Director you guys are amazing I was just really enjoying the economic development presentation and the work that you guys are doing I have to say it's just remarkable how well run this agency is and to that point really have had an incredible experience we're coming up on our three-year anniversary of entering into the NA which is you know not easy when you're investing capital in a process that takes longer than you expect but I think it has been well worth the time and effort not the least of which is we were able to forge a pretty important agreement with the regulatory agencies that are partner to the port BCDC and State Lands Commission that took a long time I will admit they weren't happy with our first proposal but we were able to work through all that and come up with I think a version two that's even better than the first version and also working in close concert with the community over the last couple years has taken some time but I think it's all worth the effort I'm excited to answer specific questions that you may have on the on the specifics of the proposal we're committed to all phases of the development including importantly the affordable housing parcel I just don't want to lose sight of the fact that while some of the fees on the future phases especially the peers would be important for funding the affordable housing we think there's an opportunity to move that forward ahead of some of that work anyway and we're looking forward to working with you to pick the right affordable housing development partner through that process as part of our overall DEI strategy so here to answer any questions you might have and thank you very much thank you and thank you Wyatt for the presentation can I have a motion so moved second okay we do have public comment starting with Dan Torres and then everyone else can line up to speak behind him I think we'll go faster good afternoon commissioners my name is Dan Torres I'm a business agent for sprinkler fitters local 483 I represent the men and women that install test and maintain life safety fire sprinkler systems I'm also a trustee on the San Francisco Building Trades Council and I'm here to speak in favor of this project as the native San Franciscan when I was younger we used to have to cross a bridge to go over to Heather Farms over there in Walnut Creek having this having the pool there and everything 
is going to allow somebody that grew up in the city to have something available for them at a time where there's not too many families in San Francisco anymore, right? So, um, and then as a business agent, you know, having a project under a project labor agreement is, is phenomenal. I mean, it's going to be putting, it's a, it's a project that we need to put the members that I represent to work during a time right now where there's not a whole lot of work out there. So let's revitalize San Francisco. Let's move this project forward. I'm here to support it. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Hello, commissioners. My name is Alan Dundas. I uh, live down on Beale. And so um, this project, it quotes the state bonus density law. And uh, in particular, uh, that law requires a, def a base density project. And we've not seen that. Because you have to add a bonus, on, you have to add it onto something. And so that base density project needs to be fully compliant with Prop C. We take a look at it. We see how much extra you put on top of that. You, how much extra you put on top of that depends on very low, low, or moderate income. And we've not received any information. We've just got information about the low market. Unfortunately, you need to get down to the specifics of how much of each category in order to find out how much extra you can build. Additionally, the concessions, which are very important, this lets you build taller than Prop C. Those concessions, you get one, two, or three. And the current proposal would not meet three concessions if it was all moderate. So there has to be a certain percentage of very low and low specified in order to actually get the three concessions that I believe this needs. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. Uh, Mike Gowardy with the San Francisco Bay Ferry, also known as the Water Emergency Transportation Authority. Uh, and just want to begin by expressing my thanks for the great partnership uh, my agency's had with Port over the years. Uh, we've delivered several successful projects in the past, um, our administrative building on, on Pier 9, where we're one of your tenants. Uh, we're also one of the transit operators along the waterfront and recently completed uh, the downtown San Francisco Ferry Terminal expansion project. Uh, so I want to express my thanks for the partnership. Also uh, express our thanks as an agency uh, for Port staff as well as the Commission for finding uh, a solution uh, to rebuild a really important facility from our perspective in 3032. Uh, it's a deep water berth. Uh, it's centrally located along the San Francisco waterfront. And in our own emergency response plans as the Water Emergency Transportation Authority, uh, we think it's really important to be able to, over the long term, uh, provide emergency access uh, at this facility as the project um, scope is proposed to do. Um, so, you know, news came out last week, 95% chance over the next 100 years of a damage, uh, damaging earthquake happening in the Bay Area. It's going to happen. We've known that for generations now. Um, and my agency is committed to making sure the region and San Francisco is specifically prepared. Uh, this is an important facility. Again, really excited to see that there's a strategy in place to ensure, ensure its long-term resiliency and availability for emergency response uh, services. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for your time. Um, my name is Zach Monsies. I'm a Bay Area native, longtime SF resident. Um, my father was an All-American water polo player at San Jose State and swimming and water polo coach for nearly three decades. Uh, I grew up in San Jose. Swimming and water polo uh, was my life. Got me into Cal Berkeley and uh, where, where I won back-to-back -back national championships. And following my collegiate career, uh, played, in, played a lot of water polo representing the United States. Um, 
once my career ended, water polo got me a job in the commercial real estate business. My partners there uh, are still water polo um, players to this day. We office on market in second. Uh, naturally, aquatics has opened all the doors in my life. Um, I've decided since 2021 that it's been my opportunity now to, to give back to the community. Um, I'm the commissioner of Olympic Club Water Polo, uh, the varsity and JV coach at Tam High School, and I run San Francisco Water Polo Club uh, here locally. Um, all, all this to say, I've got a very good pulse on the Bay Area aquatics community. Uh, aquatics culture is my first love. Uh, Pier 30 to 32 represents a phenomenal opportunity to dramatically enhance the San Francisco waterfront and create an exciting new landmark, which would become a major destination for, for tourists and locals alike. The pier is currently deteriorated and is project to become projected to become unusable in 10 to 15 years. The project would remove the existing pier and replace it with a new smaller pier and build a floating pool complex. The complex includes a 50 meter pool, which would be the only one of two in San Francisco currently. The facility would allow water polo matches, tournaments, recreational activities, competitive swimming events, lifeguard training, and family aquatic activities. San Francisco, San Francisco has woefully inadequate outdoor swimming pool space currently and to support, uh, to support uh, aquatics and athletic pursuits within its borders. Addis additionally, a purpose-built learn-to-swim pool is included to help address the shortage of learn-to-swim water safety programs in the Bay Area. The mission of the sponsor's nonprofit operator of the aquatics complex is to introduce aquatic sports to underrepresented populations of the Bay Area, and the proposed program provides unique opportunity to draw in an entirely new demographic to water polo and swimming. Imagine being a child in San Francisco's inner city, being surrounded by three sides of water and not knowing how to swim. Drowning is the leading cause of death, uh, injury-related death for children under five, and water safety is a life-saving skill that one makes for lifelong relationships and, and friendships. Uh, as a commercial real estate professional, I can also assure you that San Francisco desperately needs more housing at all income levels. The Bay Area added 3.5 times more jobs for every housing unit constructed since 2010, and ABAG determined we need 441,000 new units by 2031 for the entire Bay Area to curb housing costs. Our supply and demand imbalance, jobs versus housing, Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, good, good evening, commissioners and staff. My name is Greg Hardiman. I'm a born and raised uh, lifelong resident of San Francisco, and I'm also the business rep recording secretary for the International Union of Elevator Constructors Local 8 and a proud graduate of a skilled and trained apprenticeship. Um, San Francisco right now is has a shortage of construction. We have a lot of workers out of work and this project although it's uh, a few years out it's something that we could count on plus the city needs things that people want to go to san francisco has been losing families like uh, my brother dan mentioned and uh, this will be a great place if i was a kid and i had this it would have been amazing and something else that, is, that needs to be said it's going to fix the seawall we all know global warming is going to be raising the water heights and that needs to be addressed this covers that it will also provide uh, a deep water berth for a cruise ship. Uh, San Francisco could use more cruise ships. The revenue it brings in from the, from the passengers when they go off the ship or when they come in and stay in a hotel because they're flying from across the country, it's something that will be much needed in San Francisco. We'll also be able to have, um, it looks like it doesn't say anything about fishing, 
but as an avid fisherman, it looks like a great place to be fishing, a public pier. You don't require a permit. So our, for our uh, residents that don't have the funds to buy a fishing license, they'll be able to go out there and fish, possibly produce food for the family. And when you have people out in the morning, early, it also reduces crime because the people that are out there up to no good usually tend to stay away from areas that are um, uh, heavily populated or have people doing activities. And Swimming is a great activity. San Francisco doesn't have enough pools. Our schools don't teach swimming. It'd be a great place and we could have community outreach to help our children learn how to swim. And it's something that uh, I can't see why there'd be any reason to um, not uh, support this project. Thank you very much. Thank you. I was waiting for your beat. Good evening, uh, Madam President, Vice President Gilman, uh, and esteemed commissioners and staff. Rudy Gonzalez with the San Francisco Building and Construction Trades Council. Um, I have to say that uh, we build a lot of cool things. We built the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, we built Chase Center. Uh, and we continue to build along the waterfront and all across our city, from affordable housing to complex medical hospitals. Uh, just in a few months, we'll be kicking off a new build at Parnassus Heights with UCSF. Um, but I have to say, of all the projects that we're working on and forecasting, and all of the apprentices that we're thinking about bringing into our unions from San Francisco, from our high schools, from our jails, uh, from foster youth, from our armed services, uh, this one is really, really exciting. Uh, there's not many projects uh, where we get to work with developers that have a track record like Strata uh, and their joint venture here, uh, where they're not only committed to the built environment, but they're committed to the community impacts. Uh, with the project labor commitment comes a commitment to a local workforce, comes a commitment to a contractor base that I believe is key to our economic recovery, um, but it's also the long game. A lot of the decisions you make and that you have made will uh, bring uh, future economic vitality to this waterfront for decades to come. Uh, and it's in that long game spirit that we're really excited to support this project. Uh, the staff recommendation before you, we believe, should be uh, adopted without hesitation. We think that the negotiations have been uh, really thoughtful and ongoing. And if there's any testament to the integrity and character uh, with which this particular developer brings to any negotiations that you can navigate the state legislature and the dynamics of BCDC, uh, earn the goodwill and support of community members and labor alike, um, I think speaks to the kind of uh, approach they take to a project. But uh, that's not the, although it's one of my favorite renderings, that's not the only rendering. One year ago I saw a different one, two years ago I saw a different one, and with each iteration has come uh, really a more dynamic uh, and exciting project. That's all taken place because of community input, because of regulator input, because of uh, contractor input. So we appreciate the project. We think the scope is right. We're also very excited about the affordable housing component. Uh, we can't bring enough of that online fast enough, frankly. Uh, so we're excited and we urge your support respectfully. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any other public comment on this item? Seeing none, Lucinda, do we have anyone on the phone? Yes. There are five callers for public comment. Opening the first line now. Caller number one, you are on the line. Good afternoon, um, commissioners and uh, uh, Director Forbes. This is Alice Rogers from the South Beach community. Um, I don't have anything substantive to say about the detail of the uh, presentation. 
I just am glad to see that uh, the project is back again in the public forum and moving forward. Uh, and I want to um, just express appreciation for the extended period of time that was invested in the community outreach um, that resulted in some redesigns of the project. Thank you. Okay. Caller number two, you're on the line. Good afternoon, Commissioners and Executive Director Forbes. <clears throat> Caller, you are on the line. Hey, good, good afternoon, um, Commissioners and Executive, Executive Director Forbes. This is Joe Riley. I'm a longtime emergency manager on the San Francisco Bay. And, and Are we having problems with? Caller, you are on the line. Uh, good evening. This is Joe Riley. Um, I tried to introduce myself a few seconds earlier. Can everybody hear me? Yes. Yes. All right. So I'm a long-term, uh, long-time emergency manager on the San Francisco Bay and in the city and county of San Francisco. And I want to express my strong support for the Pierce 3032 project uh, proposed by the port. Uh, Pierce 3032 are an undeniably a vital, vital maritime asset that holds significant importance with all of our local, state, and federal response plans. And those are plans that we uh, exercise every year during Fleet Week. But more importantly, the unique features of Pierce 3032 make it exceptionally well positioned for emergency response. It's large uh, uh, deep draft berth, all of the space that's available. All of the space that's available are crucial assets. Additionally, its central location along the San Francisco waterfront and proximity to major infrastructure, including San Francisco transportation and utilities, further enhance its emergency response capabilities. So in conclusion, I offer my support for, the, for this project as a critical initiative for the safety and well-being of San Francisco. The proactive approach of the port team aligns with the urgent need to safeguard this essential maritime asset and enhance its capabilities for emergency response. I conclude my report. Thank you. That's awesome. Caller number three, you are on Good the afternoon. line. Good afternoon, commissioners and executive director Forbes. My name is Julie Rome. Hi there, my name is Julie Rome. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Thank you. Uh, I currently serve as the Director of Public Policy for San Francisco Travel, uh, representing over 700 organizations in San Francisco. We are pleased to support this project. As we look for exciting developments to revitalize the city coming out of the pandemic and in the midst of a struggling economy, we should advocate for initiatives like this, which bring jobs and economic opportunities to the city and the region. This project will be a huge benefit for the tourism sector by providing a fully functioning cruise ship berth on the east side of the newly rebuilt pier. This ensures that San Francisco will be able to accommodate the increasing demand for cruise berthing in the city, and in turn will mean tens of thousands of new visitors to San Francisco every year, meaning millions of dollars spent on local restaurants and retailers, something we all can agree we need more than ever. 
With the market halls, swimming pools, and public promenades, this will also become a must-visit waterfront destination, attracting new visitors from around the Bay Area in addition to tourists from further afield. This will bring life and vibrancy to what is currently a bit of a sleepy stretch of the Embarcadero. Doing a major project at this pier has been discussed for decades, uh, but this is the first plan that seems to balance all of the objectives. Uh, significant commitment of private funding to pay for public infrastructure, support of maritime activity, public access and activation, and removing fill from the bay. With thousands of people coming and going from the ferry and BART to see the Giants or the Warriors, we have a unique opportunity to really increase the public access with this project and celebrate our area. Commissioners, on behalf of SF Travel, we strongly recommend that you approve this term sheet and advance the proposed project on Pier 3032 and Seawall Lot 330. Thank you for your time and all that you do for our beautiful city. Thank you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hello. Caller, yes, you are on the line. Yes, good afternoon, commissioners and staff. My name is Eddie Reyes, and I'm a proud San Francisco native. I have been a journeyman iron worker for over 30 years. I am also an officer in the San Francisco Building Trades Council and elected president of Iron Workers Local 377 in the Bayview Hunters Point area. We are glad to hear of the progress moving forward to, revital, to realize the development Pier 30 and 32 and seawall lot 340. The project will privately finance hundreds of million dollars in public infrastructure, which will help us address rising sea level. It will also add resiliency to the port and city with seismic strengthening work. All of these important investments will create good union careers in construction and opportunities for local apprentices. Thank you for your time, and we strongly support this project. Thank you. Thank you. Lucinda, is there anyone else on the line? Yes, there's one more caller. Okay. Thank you. My name is Tyson Bell. I'm a board member of Tsunami Swim and Synchronized Swim Team. We're a U.S. Master Swim Team representing the LGBTQ community here in San Francisco. Our 100-plus members want to express their backing of Pier 3032 facility. Uh, as has already been expressed, the proposed Olympic-sized 50-meter pool will be one of only two in San Francisco and greatly expand our potential to host competitive swim, synchronized swimming, and water polo events. Additionally, the facility's prime location, the core, with core public <coughs> transit in the area, will greatly enhance access to safe aquatic activities for all San Franciscans. Finally, the mission of this sponsor's nonprofit operator of the aquatics complex is to introduce aquatic sports to our greater underrepresented population through programs that will draw on a new community of swimmers, which San Francisco Tsunami wholeheartedly supports. Commissioners, I agree. On behalf of San Francisco Tsunami Swim and Synchro, I urge you to approve this term sheet and advance the proposed project from Pier 3032 and see you Lot 330. Thank you. Thank you. There are no more callers for public comment at this time. Thank you. Public comment is closed. Commissioner Lee. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I really don't have any comment other than, you know, it takes it takes a lot of guts for for anybody to do a development as this big. I mean, 
even <clears throat> in the small business, you know, when you have to deal with just local stuff for a couple of years, you just kind of want to give up. Uh, but, you know, Strata for taking the chance to do all this and go through all the hurdles, I mean, you have to give them a lot of credit. Now, obviously, it's been back and forth with the public, and I know it's not perfect, but we have to start somewhere, and things are not getting any better. And the more we talk and we can't get going on it, um, it just seems that, you know, time will either make a project happen or, or the person might go away. And I think what I've understand is this is the fourth go round. Uh, so I, I, you know, I don't have, I mean, so much has gone into it. I don't think I have much to say about anything else, but let's get it going. Thank you. Commissioner Adams. This is awesome. This is, uh, <clears throat> been on the commission all this time. I remember the warriors tried to go in there. They were thinking about the Lucas Museum. They were thinking about the cruise terminal. Unions and working class people built San Francisco. It's working class. And I think it's so that Delancey Street is right across from where this project would be. And we know how, what Delancey Street stands for. Me, me, the late Jimmy Herman, and the opportunities. But for Stratus to go out where they're going to, there's a missing piece when you walk past that. I run past that every morning, and you see that area out there. We need to make it complete. Something needs to go in there, and I believe this is it. And, and you know, I, I agree with Steve. we got to have patience because I'm going to tell you something. We could talk about target dates. Things never get done on time. There's always overrun. Shit just happens. I'm just keeping it real. And that's just how things go, right? I mean, sometimes things will be up. But I remember this commission, so I don't think Stephen Gill was on here, when we were talking about affordable housing and people lined up to come here and said, policemen, firemen, yeah. other people that have lived in San Francisco their whole life and no longer can live in the city of their birth because it's so expensive to live in this city because of housing. And I remember those people that have put their time and effort to me. So that, afforded, that affordable housing complex is a big thing. The strengthening of the seawall, whether we like it or not, we are going to have a big one. We have to be prepared. The greatest thing you can do is to prepare somebody for something that's coming. And that's what leaders do. They tell you the hard time is coming. So I, I, I support this. I think this will transform our waterfront. I think it will once again make the waterfront uh, a beacon of light. And we're going to have some obstacles. I've seen a lot of them. But I think in the long run, it will be worth it if we're patient in the hard work and we have someone like Stratus that's willing to put it all, the, all on the line. And what they have shown me is, Go big, go home. I support it. Thank you. Vice President Gilman. Thank you, President. 
Um, well, I just want to remember, just to level set, this is a non-binding term sheet that's going to the board, so then we can continue the rest of our negotiations that you discussed in earlier Correct. slides. Correct. Correct. This term sheet will guide the negotiations as we move forward into the transaction documents, including a lease disposition and development agreement, but they, there so, could be changes in the future, Right, yes. so there could, there could be multiple changes, just like there's been multiple iterations. Um, so I support the item. I just want to express this uh, when we're coming back with future documents. I just wanted to call out a couple of things on on the DEI plan. Um, I, I really would love to see at some point more of a market study or at least talking to the ferry building. And I say this with absolute respect to the operators of the ferry building, but they have tried hard with their BIPOC artisan retail program and there's been a lot of great success and there's been a lot of pretty bad misses. Um, so either talking with FoodWise or other community members of how you do that well and right so it doesn't just come off as being optics, I think is really important. Um, and then I think settling on the affordable housing component. I, I'm, I still remain, and I really appreciate you, Jesse, addressing it up front when you came for your comments. But since it relies on financing from the peers, we're looking at other affordable housing parcels like Pier 70 that even has affordable developers selected that are not moving because there's not public financing. And if the bonds do not pass in November, I'm very, very concerned about that not being built. And also maybe more publicly, once you've settled on it, there's two, I also want to say to the public, there's two components to make this 25% affordable. There's on-site inclusionary, which I think is at 15%, and then there's this parcel. So um, those will have also vastly different AMI levels. It's very, very likely that the standalone will go from zero to 60 typically with a carve-out for people below 30% of AMI, and that might balance out the inclusionary. So I just want to let the public know, just like Mission Rock and others, it's going to be a project that basically goes from extremely low-income housing to workforce housing from an AMI level, um, which meets our state goals. So those are just my comments, and I support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think most of my comments have already been said, but this is a this is a huge, exciting project, and we are so happy that we are at the point that we are. Even though it took three years, yep. uh, we're moving forward, and we've made a lot of progress. And I'm glad that the community has been engaged, and um, you've been open to comments and changes, and here we are. So um, good luck with the Board of Supervisors. Look forward to you coming back. But hopefully when you do come back, we are really, really focused on the overall project. Not the phases, but the overall project. That we do affordable housing. That we are able to do the peers. That yes. we are able to have a comprehensive, phenomenal project. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Next item, please. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Got the main. Bye. No. <laughs> I don't want to hear anymore. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Resolution 2410 is adopted. Thank you. Next item, please. Item 13 is new business. Commissioners, I have recorded that we are going to come back with the budget uh, to describe the Southern Waterfront Beautification Fund allocation process, as well as the overall tracking of the economic recovery plan. Are there any other items for new business? Director Forbes, uh, I'd like to propose 
to you and to uh, President Brandon and to Vice President Gilman that every year, you know, the mayor does the State of the Union address. I would propose that the port do a State of the Port. Most ports do that, where they have a State of the Port and you talk to the community, you have a press conference and the commissioners are here. And we, we talk about who we are because nobody can see us, but we need to, I would like to, to ratchet up to another level, but I would defer to my president here and the vice president, and I would ask you to consider it. Thank you. Okay, I, I got one. <laughs> one more. Um, I just, I just want to make sure uh, Maritime, uh, can you check these properties that have been abandoned and make sure that they're secure? I like to get a report, you know, uh, making sure that somehow they're all boarded up and secure so nobody gets hurt. I know it's uh, kind of remote out there, especially if we're talking about uh, beautification of Southern Waterfront. But, uh, you know, kids are kids. They're going to go out there and try to mess around and do their skateboarding on buildings and stuff. So just want to make sure it's okay if we can get a, a report on that. Okay? That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any other new business? If not, can I have a motion to adjourn? Motion to adjourn. Is there a second? Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. The meeting is adjourned at 523 p.m.